I'm Michelle. I'm Rob. And this is Two, Two Librarians, librarians Walking walk into, into a Shelf. We have a super secret special guest today. Hi, I'm Amanda Campbell. I'm the branch manager at the Monrovia Public Library. I'm also part of a team of two that orders the adult nonfiction for this library system. And a special surprise, I worked here for over five years, so I'm so glad to be back home with you guys. Well, it's wonderful to have you back. We're surprised as you used to sit in between us, so you... <laughs> You listened to this for a long time. (laughs) I'm so glad that the world gets to experience what I got to experience. You always had a good attitude and a smile. (laughs) Smile on your face. I don't know what was in your heart, but you were always nice. (laughs) We really we really can't believe that you you agreed to come out here. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Okay, so what are we talking about today? I think Amanda's here to teach us about setting reading goals and then how to reach them. Okay. Amanda? Yay. All right. So I have reading goals broken down into three different categories. And the biggest thing that you have to remember when you're talking about a reading goal is you have to do what works for you. You can see other people's reading goals. You can see what people are putting out there on social media, but you have to do what's right for you and your own personal reading journey. So the first type of reading goal that I have is pretty straightforward. It's quantity. So are you reading a certain number of books in a year? Are you reading a certain number of pages in a year? Are you reading a certain number of hours in a day or a week? Um, It's really easy to track the number of books on Goodreads. They have it. They have a platform ready to go for you. But the Counting the right number of books in a year doesn't take into account the length of the book or the difficulty of the book. So it can really be a love-hate relationship. If you're on a good day, it'll help you, it'll help keep you motivated to incorporate reading into your daily routine and help keep you going. But if you're like me, sometimes seeing that you're behind two books can make you feel so guilty and so stressed out. This That's where my, like, I don't ever track reading. I, I read what I read and that's what I do because if I get behind or if I, you know, mess up my goal in some way, I, I'm done. Yep. I'm out. I don't care anymore. I totally get that. And when it comes to reading a certain number of books in a year, I have a few tricks that are probably cheating, but it works for me. So if I'm getting behind in getting a certain number of books in a year, that's when I go to the kids' books. Because I'm a branch manager, I serve all ages of patrons, so I like to see what the kids are reading these days. So if I'm behind, I'll read something quick, like a kid's book or a graphic novel. The other controversial opinion is that I count books that I haven't finished as read. Oh. Yep. Is it like you're not going to finish that book and you count it as read because you gave it a shot and you're done with it? Yes. Interesting. If I I quit in the first chapter or two, I don't count it. But if I've read enough to be able to talk about it and describe it to somebody else, count it as read. I'm not going back to it. That's interesting. So how long do you stick with a book? If it's not engaging you before you finally just throw in the towel. I have two cutoff points typically. It's either the first few chapters. I don't read a whole lot of fiction, so fiction really has to grab me in those first few chapters. The other cutoff point that I have is kind of in the middle. And this happens a lot with book club books, unfortunately. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I'm really struggling to get through a book club book and I'm halfway through, I have my discussion questions prepared. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Do you ever feel guilty? I kind of ran into a, a problem or not a problem, but it was hard to, for me to finish a book that I started in October. I finished it a couple of weeks ago. Finally, I felt guilty because it's supposedly a classic and I'm like, what is everybody else seeing in this book that I'm not? And it was just horrible. <laughs> Up until like the last, what I say, the last 100 pages after the first 450. Does that ever bother you or you're, you're past that? Not anymore. Right. Early on, that type of thing would bother me. But there are so many good books out there. When I first started at the library, in my first week or so, the branch manager walked me through the stacks in the library and said, you will never be able to read all the good books in the library not even all the books, all the good books. So from then on, no, there's just not enough time. There isn't. I, I don't feel guilty about dropping a book club book. If, if, it, if I got my discussion questions, since my book club is typically classics, there's almost always a spark notes or a cliff notes. Yes. Uh, or nice. a movie. <laughs> no, yeah, there you go. That's, that's I do I like do. reading some of the classics, but some of them I'm just like, I do not care. Why, why should I care? Or the writing style. I'm not super into like the Dickens writing style. I can't, I can't do it. So do you ever wonder, is it me? Like if everyone, if this is a bestseller or a classic and everybody's reading it, do you ever think what, what, what is it about me as a reader that's not clicking with everybody else? That happens when I read something that's literary because I feel like, am I just not smart enough to understand what's going on here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, what am I missing? Yes. What about this? Is, what did I miss? Mm -hmm. yeah. I get that. I get that. So what are your goals this year? Ooh, good question. Okay, so I have an overall goal this year of trying to be more reflective in what I'm reading. I actually tend to alternate the quantity, the 52 in a year, with um, more of a mood reading. So... Last year was a quantity. Usually when I aim for 52, I made it to 60. This year is a mood read. But my goal is to sit with the books that I'm reading longer and actually be able to talk about what I'm reading. I fly through so many books sometimes that I don't retain what I need to retain. So I'm focusing on three different areas. I read a romance novel right before I go to bed. It helps me unwind. You have that cozy comfort of knowing there's going to be happy ending. And you guys know this. It was actually you, Michelle, who got me into romance novels. Yay! <laughs> me too. Yay! <laughs> so that is my before bedtime routine. I'm also trying to read my book club books on audio. I really love audio, especially when it's a good narration, but I don't always have a book club book going, so I can alternate the audiobook with podcasts or in music, some other form of audio. And then my third area is um, advanced copies of nonfiction books. I, like I said, I order the non adult nonfiction for the library system. I also do a show librarian book chat with Annie and Lady from Snail on the Wall. And we talk about books that we're excited about coming out in the next month. So I'm really trying to be more aware of the books that are coming out in future months to come and not just knowing them, but actually having read some of them already. So those are my three areas with an overall focus of 
being reflective and rotating and reviewing. Well, that sounds good. And less about the numbers and more about, like you said, the mood. Yes, I like that. Definitely. So is it a good idea to vary what you're reading, which is something that I've tried to do, not just getting outside of what I usually read, but I did start reading a lot of different graphic novels, which I never considered reading, scripts that I've, I've come across. Is that a good idea or is that, can that throw you off if you're not able to, because you always have, I think you're like us, you probably always have two or three books going. Yes. At least. So you can always kind of fall back, but is it, is it a good idea to vary what yes. you're reading? I love varying both what I'm reading at the same time, especially if I'm reading multiple books at the same time. If there's a difference in having a fiction, a nonfiction, an audio, that helps to keep track of them all a little easier. But also in general in your reading life, it's good to get outside of your comfort zone every now and then and experience something that you didn't expect. If you hate it, fine, but you still got to experience something that you wouldn't otherwise have experienced. And I love mood reading. That's another type of goal that I have. And it doesn't sound like a goal initially, but you can still be intentional about what you're reading in the short term. Do you want to read something to learn more about a topic? Do you want to read the buzzy books that are happening right now that everyone's talking about so you can be part of the conversation? Or do you want to just read something for comfort? Do you want an escape? You can still be intentional in the short term, and there's so many good books out there that it can help to have some kind of focus. What do you do when you get in a rut? Ooh, good question. I like changing it up completely, and that can mean different things at different times. One of my go-to ways of getting out of a rut is listening to either an essay collection or celebrity memoir on audio because it's like your best friend is telling you their own personal story. Mm -hmm. So instead of a reading experience, you're just bonding with someone and it can be that connection that you might have been missing. Another thing to get out of a rut is, especially if you're learning a new topic, Go to the kids' nonfiction section. That is my favorite tip for learning about a new topic because kids' nonfiction books are designed to be exciting and engaging. The illustrations are beautiful, and there are such interesting books out there nowadays. So just go browse the shelves and see what's out there. Learn an overall overview of a topic, and if you find something you're excited about within that, then you can do a deep dive in the adult nonfiction section. Kids' books have come a long way. Yes, definitely. Yeah, they're good. So you do read a lot of nonfiction, probably more than, than I do, I know. Do you find patrons coming to the library when they need a recommendation, need help finding something in fiction, or do you feel like everybody's pretty comfortable with what they like to read there? Do you have more people coming to ask you about nonfiction to read? Really both. Usually when people are coming in looking for nonfiction, they're just looking for a topic. So I can point them to a section and they're pretty good by themselves from there. Where people might need more help is fiction, really. We have a lot of, especially parents coming in who haven't maybe haven't read for themselves in years and they don't know where to start. And it can be really overwhelming. So they just want to come in and say, hey, I need something that's going to hold my attention while the kids are so loud over in the corner. 
what should I read? I don't know where to start. And that's where we can point them to a few authors that we like. Um, I love Leanne Moriarty. She did uh, Big Little Lies, which I believe you guys mentioned on your show recently. And the book is fun as well. It's engaging. Ruth Ware is another good one. She writes some thrillers that aren't too super scary. So something fun and engaging. It's a good a good way to get out of a rut as well. Yes. Something quick and easy, fast-paced, catch, grab your attention. That way you feel like you're not slogging through something. I've heard that there's a controversy as to whether or not you can count listening to audiobooks as a read. Where yes, do you, fall on that? you can. Okay. Audiobooks count as reading. Yep. A lot of I've seen a lot of people in blogs and other literature actually refer to it as ear reading now because you're oh. still activating those parts of your brain that are engaged when you're reading, especially kids who are dyslexic. It helps them follow along with the book. You can have a print book there at the same time, but you are still engaging your brain and reading when you're listening. It's my son's favorite way. Yay. Audiobooks all the time. Mm -hmm. He's always listening to an audiobook. So that, if he's not going to sit down to read because he's too busy doing other things, he can <laughs> at least be busy while he's listening to his audiobooks. And I feel like, well, okay, you're, you're at least consuming some books that way. Yes, definitely. I don't think that they had audiobooks when I was a kid. If, if they did, it was like on 8-track or reel-to-reel. -reel. I remember going to the downtown branch of the library with my grandmother for her to pick out books on tape. <gasps> and they would be in this huge like. Oh, I case, do remember you know? those. I do remember <laughs> books on tape. Yeah. It does, so those started in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So probably not when you were a kid, but definitely yeah. when you were a young adult, but you weren't reading then. I had no time to read. I was <laughs> living life. <laughs> Or something. Or something. <laughs> I'm just like sitting in my bedroom watching movies. That's <laughs> what you do now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I haven't changed much. Haven't changed at all, actually. So, Amanda, what are you currently reading? Okay. So, I am currently reading Instant Gratification by Jill Shalvis. That is my before-bed romance book. This is the second in a trilogy about the Wilder Brothers, and they own this outdoor adventure company up in the Sierras. And I'm an outdoorsy girl, so I love this combination of romance, steamy romance, and the outdoor nature experience. The other book that I'm reading, I have an audiobook going for a book club called The Beauty in Breaking by Michelle Harper. And this is a memoir from an African-American ER doctor. Actually, the library was awarded a grant from the National Library of Medicine to purchase digital copies of this book for a book club. The National Library of Medicine has a reading club with different topics in medicine, and they have book suggestions and discussion questions and extra resources for you to dive deeper into that book. So we're reading it for my book club now, so you guys will probably miss it. But there are nine ebooks on Digital Media Zone and four digital audiobooks, so you'll definitely check it out for your own personal book clubs. Let's see. The third book that I'm reading is an advanced copy of a nonfiction. It's called But You're Still So Young, How 30-somethings Are Redefining Adulthood by Kayleen Schaefer. This one comes out on March 2nd. I would like to read that, please. Yay! <laughs> It is so good. Yeah, she is the author of Text Me When You Get Home about oh, okay. female friendship. And this one takes five areas that sociologists in the 50s said 
these five things are the milestones that you need to become a, quote, real adult. And these are completing school, leaving home, marrying, becoming financially independent, and having a child. And so most people back in the 50s achieved these milestones in their early to mid-20s. And that's just not the case anymore. And this book does have some data, statistics, reasons why that's not the case anymore. But the real heart of this book is hearing the stories about all the other people in their 30s who are going through these challenges of recognizing these milestones and saying, hey, I had expectations that I should have been here by now, but I'm not there. Some days that feels okay. Some days that's disappointing. And it's okay to feel disappointed too. But this book features so many different people who are on that journey and realizing that they can redefine what it means to be a real adult. And as a woman, and I just turned 34, and I don't have kids yet, so it's very good to see these examples of other people who are saying, I'm not there yet, and it's okay. It's definitely okay. I'm not there yet either, and I'm in my 50s. Perfect. So, so well, see, this book would be good for you too. Technically, I've done all those things, but I don't feel like an adult. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Like who gave me any responsibility? Why? Why mm-hmm. did they do that? Seems crazy. So when you start a new year and your new reading goal, do you have a list of titles that you plan on reading, or do you make it up as you go? Or is it a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Um, an, another type of goal that's out there is a reading challenge. And those are really designed to get you outside of your comfort zone. And some of the more popular ones are Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge or the Modern Mrs. Darcy Challenge. And those have prompts to give you ideas of books to read. So it might be something like read a book that was published the year you were born or read a book from an author who has a different faith than you do. And those can give you ideas of specific books to read. I don't like to do a full challenge like that, but sometimes I will take some of their prompts for a little more inspiration. Last year, I was intending to do a mood, more of a mood read with different topics like that. I wanted books to uh, help me with my spiritual side, help me with my family and relationships. I wanted books to help me just in general self-improvement. So I did keep a list, but then the world went crazy. So my <laughs> list went right out the window. Right. <laughs> I always have sort of an idea of things I might like to read, but I'm not afraid to abandon those ideas if they're just not working for me right then. Well, that's cool. I, I feel like I get too stuck on it. I'm like, I'm failing if I don't see it to the end, but I'm, I'm getting used to letting it go. Life's too short, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. But if you're reading a bad book, life seems pretty darn long too. <laughs> yes. So maybe you get more out of life by reading the book that takes you six or seven months to read. I would argue no. Okay. <laughs> Tomato, potato. But it's not even just bad books. A book doesn't have to be bad for you to want to put it down. It could be something that's just not right at the time. And maybe in a year, that's the time to read it. That's true. I took that book home that was about a pandemic and poof, returned <laughs> no, it. <thank> you. <laughs> I'll try that again too later. So, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add about reading goals? Yes. If you need help with your mood reading, 
I would highly recommend checking out Novelist. It's a database that we have here at the library. You can find it on our website. They take books and break them down into appeal terms. So these can be topics on the storyline, the pace, the tone. They even have qualities for audiobooks right now. And you can search based on whatever your mood is at the time. If you look at the front page of Novelist, they have an appeal mix. So they have suggestions for books that are haunting and atmospheric, or suspenseful and compelling, or world-building and richly detailed. A few years ago, I went through a phase where I wanted to read books about women who are in their 30s, but don't have kids. And that can be kind of hard to find. I checked out Novelist and found that they have a subject of 30s as an age group. Oh, Yes, and I mixed that with a storyline of character-driven and found so many good suggestions to try. That's cool. I forget about Novelist, but I'm always, like, shocked when I use it, and I'm like, oh, of course, that one. Yes, and even if you don't want to get that deep into your reading interests, they have author read-alikes. So you can search your favorite author, get a list of authors that are similar, and it'll tell you why they're similar. So that can be helpful, too. And always... Ask your librarian. We're here to help. We love talking about books. We love talking about reading. We want to help you on your reading journey. Ask your librarian any questions. This is true. Solid, solid advice. So you know what time it is now. Uh, It's time for the library game. Uh, This is the library version of Kiss, Mary, Kill. Oh, dear. It's going to shelve, display, and discard. Oh, So you're going to pick an author that you're going to shelve for everyone to see. You're going to pick an author to display, like, this is the thing that everybody needs to see in the library. So the shelf is like your standby. Display is like, this is what I'm excited about, this author. Everyone should see this. And discard is the author that you would just trash out of the library. This is your hypothetical. Get them gone. Not saying that you did this. Magic library. Amanda's own personal hypothetical magical library. Not You're not saying you would actually delete this author <laughs> from our system. And you don't have to say why, but you have to, to play the game, discard somebody. Oh, wow. Fun. All right. So who do you shelve? Let's see. Shelf is like your comfort, your go-to, right? Yep. Okay. I would say Shelve is Frederick Bachman. He wrote A Man Called Uva. See, we recently read My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry in a book club. And every title that I have recommended to a book club from this author, we've had such a good book club discussion. Everyone loved all the titles. Frederick Bachman, go-to book club book. All right, so who do you display? Ooh, okay. I'm sure my answer is going to change an hour from now, a day from now. But the first thing that popped into my head is actually a YA author that I discovered this last year. I'm late to the party, but Elizabeth Acevedo, she writes books that are written in verse. And I listened to a book called The Poet X, and it's YA, so it's written from the perspective of a teenager. It's written in verse, so hearing the audio, you just, you get the emotion and the heart of being a teenager, and it was such an intense experience. And she has a different race than me, a different spiritual life than me, 
but I was able to identify with her from that audiobook. It was such a fantastic reading experience. And I've heard all of Elizabeth Acevedo's other books are fantastic as well. Okay. So who do you discard? <gasps> oh, man, this hurts. <laughs> Get rid of. Gone. Hmm. Let's see. <sighs> okay, I'm going to pick one, but it's for a lame reason. I'm going to say James Patterson because he has so many books. There are so many books that come out every single year, and we have to put them in title order on the shelf. So every time we see a James Patterson, it's like, oh, I have to go to that giant section and find where this goes. (laughs) It's such a chore. (laughs) All right, so... That brings up another question, Mm -hmm. which we ask everybody who says James Patterson, which is almost everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you saying James Patterson across the board? So like young adult James Patterson, juvenile James Patterson, picture book James Patterson, (laughs) pamphlet James Patterson, James Patterson on the business cards they send in, James Patterson all the way across the border, just as adult fiction and mystery. Let's just do it. Let's go across the board. Boom! That's what I like. All or nothing, man. Oh. I have to have a disclaimer because I appreciate James Patterson because he gets people excited about reading. People are reading something. The books are on an eighth grade reading level, so most people can read it. If James Patterson is what works for you, go for it. Absolutely. Yes. They are fast paced. Mm-hmm. They are plot driven. There's twists, there's turns, yes. there's action. I totally understand why people are into James Patterson yes. books. There's just a lot. There's just a lot. <laughs> of James Wait, was Patterson it was books. it just me? You saw the list of 25 the top books that were checked out last year by mm-hmm. patrons. 8 of them were James Patterson. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's like a quarter of them. <laughs> Uh, I would feel bad for picking on James Patterson, but he has more money than he knows mm-hmm. what to do with. Yeah, so, he, no, he'll never, he won't live long enough to spend all he that. He can handle it. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda, for joining us yes, today. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it so much. We miss you. Thank you for having me. I miss you guys as well. Well, uh, February is Black History Month, and you can find book and media recommendations for all ages on our social media, our blogs, and there are lists set up in our online catalog that you can browse through as well. There's an Instagram read-in that we're doing all month long. You can follow along and participate in that if you'd like to. Our book club this month is... Oh, my God. What is the title of the book club this month? Is it Murder with Fried Chicken? Murder with Fried Chicken and Waffles. I started it this morning. It was... uh, It's It's cute. Yeah. So our book club this month, let's just start over completely, is called Murder with Fried Chicken and Waffles. You can find the audiobook and the ebook on Hoopla. You can join us in that. It's a cute book. And remember, no matter what they say... Don't trust robots. That's right. The views expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. For more information on the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, visit us online at hmcpl.org. If you'd like to learn more about some of the topics discussed today, visit your local library, which is us. No representation is made that your librarian is more knowledgeable than other librarians or that they have any expertise on your particular project. No, we'll just edit this part out. It'll be fine.